Welcome to Kingsway International Christian Center Tirona, where we are raising champions and taking territories. We are sure this teaching will be a huge blessing to your life. Feel free to worship with us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. at 1.30 Base Pro Mills Drive Unit 5354, Vaughn Mills. For more information, visit www.kicccanada.ca. Now, get ready to be transformed by the Word. today's sermon, we are going to take our time, we are going to digest it over the next coming weeks, and I have no doubt in my heart that you are going to be thoroughly blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, let me tell you what the devil has successfully done over the past two to three years. The attendance of people in churches, especially young people in churches, is on the downward trend. The amount people are joyfully and cheerfully sowing and investing in the kingdom is on the downward trend. People are now beginning to ask themselves, why should I even pay my offering? Why should I keep on paying tight? Why? Like, seriously, why should I? And then we have believers who wake up on Sunday morning and come to church only because they've come for the last 10 years. It has become habitual, not because they still want to come. And when they come, they proposed in their heart, that pastor is not getting a dime of my money today. And they will say, offering time, blessing time, offering time, blessing time. God loves a cheerful giver. <laughs> cheerful giver. Not my money today, man. Praise God. Let's open very quickly to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. I'm going to show you something there, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. This is Jesus speaking, Matthew 6 and verse 24. He says that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and you will despise the other. He says that you cannot, I want us to echo it together, you cannot serve both God and, and money. For those reading the King James Version, he says mammon. It says you cannot serve both God and mammon. Now, this, this scripture is very instructive. It means that as far as Jesus Christ is concerned, Jesus here is not comparing God with the devil. Jesus Christ here is not comparing God with Satan. Jesus Christ is not comparing God with any other thing. It says you cannot serve both God and what? And money. Meaning fully well that the competition for your worship. Now, the devil is willing to bear any name, to wear any mask, to look any way as far as he's able to get worship. Hello? Hello? Has it ever occurred to you that all of the religions of the world, all of whatever name they bear, whatever doctrine they believe, all of them that do not worship God. Do you know who they are worshiping? But they don't know. They, you hear things like, oh, we are all, they call it inclusiveness. We are all serving the same God. However, we, there are different ways to God. They say things like, I could be traveling to London, but you could take Turkish Airlines. I could take British Airways. I could fly Emirates. You could fly KLM. But the whole idea is we still get to London. All right? 
So the, the, the destination is God. And KLM could be Islam. Lufthansa could be Christianity. You know, Emirates could be Buddhism. But we still get to God, right? Have you heard such things before? Yeah. The Bible tells us that we don't have many ways to God. There is one way. Did you hear that? Now, someone said that's a very audacious thing to say. It sounds insensitive. It sounds uninclusive. It's, it, can you stand in front of the United Nations and say the same thing? It's the reason why a lot of men, preachers who should stand for the gospel stood in public places and said things like, well, uh, God still loves us. No, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No, there's no painting. You can't rephrase it. You can't repaint it. You can't package it. That is what the word says. Hello? And the goal of God is not to raise good people. Are we still together? God's objective is not to raise a good earth where everybody is good. Everybody gives to the poor. Everybody takes care of their neighbors. No, that's not God's desire. God is looking for people who are, is raising people who will accept the life that his son has given. People who exhibit a Christ-like nature. Not good behavior. See, should I say this or should we spy it? There will be many good people in hell. Hello? Except a man be born again. Capish. Alright, let's go back to our message for this morning. So, Jesus Christ says that we cannot serve God and serve mammon. He says you will love one and despise the other. It means that for those of us who love God, by default, we are supposed to despise mammon. And for those who love mammon, by default, are supposed to despise God. Whether they say it or not, their heart shows where their real commitment is. Are we together? Now, the big question is, how exactly does all of this work in the kingdom? How exactly does this translate to you and I? Is it true that if I want to be rich, I have to give, uh, give, and it will be given unto you, good measure, praise down, running over, so shall men give unto you, okay? Is it true that for me to be blessed, I need to give, for me to go to heaven, do I have to pay my tithe? Uh, for me to, you know, we have, these are real questions that we're going to answer in this series. Hello? Hello? Now, in the New Testament, everything that is required to be done, everything without exception that is required to be done has been done by Jesus. Hello? Do you want me to say that again? Everything that is required for man to be saved, everything that is required for man to engage and participate in all, the Bible says that he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. The Bible says in Peter, it says that his divine power has given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. It didn't say just for godliness, including for life. Hello? Did you hear that? So God is not just providing for your spiritual health, your material and physical health as a good father should. God has covered it. Did you hear that? Are we still together? We know who our source is. I might go to a job, I might get a paycheck, but I know who my true source is. So when Jesus was about to die, he said that statement, one of the most profound he made, so that we don't add to it, even though we still try to add to it. He says that it is finished. It means there is nothing more to be done. 
Hello? Glory to God. Are we still together? So you cannot buy God's blessings. I want us to start with that agreement. We don't give to God so that he increases his blessings on our lives. We don't give to unlock more power. In fact, someone asked me a question one day. He said, the way you, he's a Christian, he's actually a pastor, but he's very practical. He said, the way you Christians behave is very funny sometimes. I said, how do you mean, sir? He said, sometimes he goes somewhere to minister, and then he sees some young guy or some young lady come to maybe touch his suit. Like just, you know the way they touch the hem of Jesus' garment. So somebody just touching him, and he's saying, oh, oh, oh what's that? He says, I'm, I'm tapping the anointing. <laughs> we just laugh. He said, oh, that's how you are collecting the anointing, by touching my suit. He said, okay. He now asked me a question. He said, if you were to meet Bill Gates today, what will you do? Will you touch him? I said, I receive it. I receive the grace to be the world's richest man. Is there any virtue for him to transfer to you? Hello? Is there any virtue for him to transfer to you? By touching his suit. The man is going to be shocked. He will wonder what you are doing. Instead of you to have a solid conversation that can solve problems for the world, you are touching his suit. His suit. The Lord have mercy on us in Jesus' name. All right, so you cannot buy God's blessings or power. Acts chapter 8. Let's read about somebody who tried to do it. Acts chapter 8, verse 18 to 20. Acts 8, verse 18 to 20. It says that when Simon, this is not Simon Peter, but another Simon. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Spirit. Now listen to what Peter said in verse 20. Peter answered, May your money perish with you. Is that in your Bible? These guys had crossed the level of we need your money aggressively. And that's where the church of God should be. We should never be in a need state that we are desperate to, to receive all kinds of dirty money. Hello? Hello? I'm a rich pastor. Did you hear? We are a rich church. Hello? Hello? The money that will make us resign on our faith, that money doesn't exist. God has blessed us with billions. He has blessed me. You might be like, oh, pastor, I can't see it yet. Go and wash your face. <laughs> All right, so that you see it more clearly. Glory to God. How many of you saw my Lamborghini outside as you were coming in? All right, okay, so people are seeing here with the right eyes. Nice, nice. Glory to God. God will provide that for me very soon. All right? And so, are you too, amen? People say, ah, he's tight and nothing. We knew him before KICC started. We knew his car. Now, KICC is just six months old. It's just one year. See his car. He's driving. You see, if that's where you want to start, give me a few more months after that. You will talk and talk and talk and talk. Glory to God. But what was Peter trying to say here? He says you can. He says you and your money should perish. You cannot buy the power of God. We find a lot of Christians today who are sowing seeds essentially to buy the power of God. And we are going to talk about seed sowing because it is important. It is a critical principle for harvest. Did you hear that? But we will teach it right. And we will have the body of Christ here and learn this. Glory to God. 
Now, our character and our attitude to money is constantly being profiled by heaven for faithfulness. Did you hear that? Hello? Are we still together? Have you noticed that you and your siblings don't have the same attitude to money? Have you noticed? Let's, let, let's take it home now. Think about yourself. Think about your home. Think about yourself growing up. Yourself, your siblings. Your parents loved you, right? Right? Your parents ensured that you had within their power everything you needed, right? Sent you to good schools, right? Or are sending you to good schools. Some of you are international students here. Your school fees, if we convert it, <laughs> some of you literally should be calling your parents every day and just saying, Mommy, thank you. Daddy, thank you. But that's not the case. A lot of kids leave home, come here, start taking weed, start smoking, drinking alcohol. They can't do well in school. They drop out forged papers sent to their parents. It's happening a lot. A whole lot. But those of you who are in Christ, who love Jesus, and they are paying your school fees in dollars, please show gratitude. Did you hear that? Okay. Luke, Luke 16, verse 11. Oh, we, we, were, we were painting a picture, right, of you growing up in the house. Okay, so everything you needed, right, was made available, right? Have you noticed that there is an amount of money mommy or daddy did not allow to be in your hand? Have you noticed? It might not be you. Maybe your brother or your sister. Now, for, I can speak about my, 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 my place. I know they listen to KICC someone, so I have to speak with caution. All right. Now, there is, there is one sibling that the money in your hand must be only the money you need. There is one sibling that doesn't know how to save. There is one sibling that believes money is for spending. So, you give them $5 today, they go to the mall, spend $5. You give them $20 today, they go to the mall, spend $20. There is another sibling. If you give $50 to, we'll keep $50. They're like, I'm that one. <laughs> All right, there is another sibling. If you and your siblings are going out, the money for you to spend, mommy gives it to that particular one. Not necessarily the oldest, but the most mature with money. Hello? Are we on the same page? In the same way, God's problem has never been a supply problem. The Bible says in Philippians 4.19 that my God, is able to supply all without exception of my physical needs. Paul wasn't talking about speaking, he wasn't talking about spiritual gifts in that place. He was talking about needs. My God is able to supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. So we don't have a supply problem with God. Everything we need, everything, everything we need to live life, God has it available. Did you hear that? It doesn't cost him anything to make it available to you. Everyone won't shake if he gives you enough to buy a new house. Everyone won't feel it. Did you hear that? But as a good father, he's checking your attitude with money. Hello? 
Hello? There are some of us, the money that the church needs to do end-time missions, God will commit it into your hand. Because he knows that you will use it for that purpose. Did you hear that? Hello? How many of us are here like that? You know that when God brings you into that new season of abundance, the next thing you are going to do is not to enter the store and say, Gucci, Gucci gang, Gucci, Gucci. You know that that's not what you are going to do. You know you will be able to say, Pastor, what are the projects we have for the year? What's our plan for the youth ministry? What universities are we going to do? Concerts, crusades. I know we are going to say that. God is in your hands. <laughs> hey, when the millions come, all right, I'm going to remind you. Glory to God. Glory to God. We are going to read Luke chapter 16, verse 11. Very quickly, let's see what the scripture says there. Luke chapter 16 and verse 11. It says, Jesus speaking. It says, let me, let me pick it from verse 10. It says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Somebody say true riches. Now, can I suggest to you, no matter how rich you think you are, you are not where God wants you to be financially. I know the books are balancing. I know the bills are paid. That is not where. See, God's desire is not for you to be comfortable. His desire is for you to be a blessing to nations. Where you wake up in the morning and your prayer is, God, who can I be a blessing to today? God says, there's that lady in church. She dresses nice, you might not know, but there's a school fees issue there. Sign a check of this amount. That's what I want my quiet time to be like. No, Father, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Nah. He's give it. What my blessing today? God says, that car, it's time for it to go. The answer is what? Yes, sir. <laughs> Talking about cars, praise God. Something funny happened. I heard the Spirit of God tell me clearly. Let's give that car away. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> I told my wife. I was hoping, you know, there's a way you, you want, God, God wants you to carry your spouse along in decisions, right? Yes. So you know God has spoken to you. You know, if your wife says no, God will approve of it that you don't have agreement as a home. Do you know that? That's why you must pray for spouses that can also hear the voice of God so that she doesn't block the blessing that is coming. When I told her what God said, she said, sure. And I know the wrong answer. I meant to say, ah. <laughs> she said, sure. Now, let me tell you a secret. If you wait till you have millions before you start giving, the millions might not come. If you wait till you have 10 cars before you start giving cars, the 10 cars might not come. Something happened, happened, not even happened, in the past, where it was happening regularly. Pardon me, English is such a wonderful language. It is in the past where it was regular. I'll go out with my brother or, or my brothers, and then on our way back, we lived near a market near Bagada Estate. And on our way back from school or from church or wherever we're coming from, my brother will branch. And he'll buy maybe oranges or fruits or tangerines or bananas. And he'll buy it. And we'll wonder, we're like, this one just like spending, spending. And then we'll get to the house and he'll take it to my mom and give it to my mom. Say, Mommy, take. My mom said, My son, God bless you. 
You will do better than this. We will now come back and be laughing. <laughs> you are buying oranges for mommy. <laughs> we, we are going to build mommy house. We are going to buy mommy cars. I, you know what, what my mom will always say? She will say, it's the child that can buy oranges today that will build the house tomorrow. A lot of you don't give offering here because your offering is small. It's $2. It's $5. You're like, I can't, I can't, I can't, they will now say you should write your name on the envelope. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't. See, I, I was talking to a group of young people um, some months back in my former church, and I told them, one of the greatest things happening to you is that you know God early. It's one of the greatest things. In addition to praying and studying your Bible, learn to give to God early. Never come to a service that you don't give any, even if it's 25 cents. Don't put your name, it's fine. Don't put your, make it an anonymous giving. But that you come, you stroll in, you stroll out, that, that's bad upbringing. The day you get a job and you're earning your thousands, it's not a part of you. You ask yourself, why? Why should I give offering today? Why should I pay my time? Some of you are struggling to pay tithe of $1,000. If God blesses you with a billion, so how will you be able to write the check of your tithe? You don't be like, eh, tithe, one million there. <laughs> Pastor has blown. He has just blown on my own sweat. Pastor has blown. Never. I'm not paying that tithe. Glory to God. Glory to God. So Jesus Christ is saying here that if you can be trusted... With very little, then you can also be trusted with much. If you are dishonest with very little, you are going to be dishonest with much. What God checks for in our giving is our attitude. He checks our stewardship. Praise God. Praise God. Now, the God of this age is the God of materialism. Hello? Hello? Did you hear that? The God of this age is the God of materialism. Materialism has crept all through the fabric of society that it has made its way into the church. You find some people saying, I cannot go to church. You say, why? Say, I wore this same dress last week Sunday. And that's the only reason you cannot go to church. Hello? We might say that nobody is watching you. Nobody is checking what you are wearing. But we might be lying. There are people who that's all they come to check. As they are shaking your hands, they are checking the jewelry on your hand. Is it real gold? Does it wash? They are checking your hair. Is it Peruvian or Brazilian or is it rubber? Is it plastic? Is it from China? Sizing your materialism has crept in so much that people size up people to greet them. You can't be my friend. We go to the same church, but I'm sorry. I don't deal with people like you normally. Is it because we are now in the same church? Like, outside the church, we won't meet. So, please. I said, turn to your neighbor. You're like, please, I, I don't deal with poor people, please. Hello? Hello? Materialism is everywhere. It's crept in. And we won't give it room in the house of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. We are going to love people genuinely. Because we see not who they are today, but who they can become. Did you hear that? Don't write anybody off. You are not, see, you don't know enough to write somebody off. All your millions and your billions, they are one disaster away from going. It is by his mercies that you are still standing. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, that being said, God's will, God's desire, God's original plan for his children is abundance. Did you hear that? God never created you to live in lack. Did you hear that? I'm going to say it again. God never, in fact, there was, I was listening to, I think it's Dr. Bill Winston. I was not actually listening to the message. It was just an introduction. He said it in passing. He said, God did not design the system of this world to support his own children. And when I heard it, he said, it is not the will of God for God's children to be dependent on the welfare system of the world. It's not God's desire. You might need it for now, but that is not where God desires for you to remain. It is my prayer that God will bring you out and pull you out and bring you into a place of abundance in the name of Jesus. Some people do not receive that. God is pulling and bringing you out and planting you in a place of abundance in Jesus' name. God's decree to man was clear. Genesis 1.28. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth. Have dominion over the fishes in the sea and the birds of the air. God's announcement to mankind was abundance. Toil, difficulty, lack came with the fall. It is my prayer that as we have been delivered from every shackle and hold of our sinful nature, every deposit left in us of lack disappears in the name of Jesus. Now, God desires in your prosperity. Did you hear that? Let me say this very quickly. I do not believe there is anything called the prosperity gospel. When people say it, I know what they mean. And that is not the gospel. It is a perverted gospel. It is essentially an American thing, American gospel that has made waves all over the world, especially in Africa. I know why it's, where, where, you, do you know where it makes waves? The prosperity gospel, where you have poor people. That's where it sells the most. So you tell people, if you do this, do this, do this, do this, God will bring you out of your poverty. They've tried other things. They didn't come out of their poverty. So they might as well try what you are saying. Hello? Hello? But the gospel in itself has provision for your prosperity. Did you hear that? The gospel is not that God will prosper you, no. The gospel is that Jesus has saved your soul. That's the good news. He has died. He's been buried. He's resurrected. And with you, seated on the right hand of God, far above principalities and powers. But in that same gospel, there's provision for your prosperity. Are we still together? Are we still together? Let's read Psalms chapter 103. Psalms chapter 103 very quickly. This is David speaking prophetically. Psalms 103 and verse 2. I can actually take it from the beginning. Say, Praise the Lord in the King James. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Verse 2. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, what are the benefits? Number one, who forgives what? All of your sins. Now, have all of your sins been forgiven? Have all of your sins been forgiven? I want you to answer with confidence. Have all of your sins been forgiven? Do you have faith to believe that all of your sins have been forgiven? Good. Number two, who heals all of your diseases? Have all of your diseases been healed? Now, you find people who believe that God has saved them and forgiven all of their sins, but do not believe that God has healed them. You can see here, it's part of the package. Your healing and your health is already accounted for in Christ. Did you hear that? Hello? Did you hear that? 
the day this revelation sets before you, you know that you are working in divine health. God's plan for his children necessarily is not healing. Mm. God's plan of his, for his children is health. They are two different things. Only a sick person needs healing. Hello? So if God's plan for you is healing, it means God expects you to be always what? His plan is for you to walk in health. Physical health. Health in your soul and in your emotions. In fact, this age now with recent events, there is a lot of light shining on mental health. You know why? If someone is sick physically, you might be able to tell. They might be able to tell. If someone is sick in the mind, if they have a mental health issue, they will look good, dress well. You don't, you don't know the battles they are fighting on their inside. It is my prayer that whatever sort of disease or infirmity is in the room this morning, whether it is mental, physical, emotional, that the healing power of God will come and drive it away permanently in the name of Jesus. That for the rest of your life, you will walk in divine health. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Verse 4, he says, Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Now, verse 6, which is where we are going to. It says, who satisfies your desires with good things? Is that your Bible? Somebody says satisfy. When you talk of satisfaction, we are implying abundance. We are implying, implying surplus. It satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. It is my prayer that for every home, every individual represented here, we will experience divine satisfaction in the mighty name of Jesus. So, if you have the faith to receive your salvation, if you have the faith to receive your healing, then you should have the same faith to receive your prosperity. Did you hear that? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. I love this scripture so much. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 and 2 Corinthians 9, 8. It's very easy to remember both because you just flip the 8 and the 9. We'll read it quickly. I will say one more point, and then we'll wrap it up for today. We'll continue next week by God's grace. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Let me read it for you here from the NIV. It says, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Is that in your Bible? Is it in your Bible? All right, let's read verse chapter 9, verse 8, and let's see what God's plan for your money is. He says that, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Is that in your Bible? So what the Bible is saying there is that the day the church needs to buy a new keyboard, Somebody is there who is able to abound at all times, ensuring that that needs doesn't persist. Hello? The day the church says we have somebody who is struggling with their school fees, uh, we want to raise funds to be able to help that family. It's an international student, it's quite an amount, but God loves you as you give and as you take away shame from that individual. God will take away shame from your homes in Jesus' name. And then somebody just sends a note to the pastor, don't announce it again. What do you mean by don't announce it again? Pastor, how much is the money? Say it's just $20,000. Signs, check, $20,000. Done. No, Father, provide. Father, bring the school fees. Hello? Hello? 
I'm not the pastor of that church. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. So where does the seed come into in all of these things? We know that every great thing God has created, he locks it up in a seed. Hello? Bible says he gives seeds to the sower, he gives breads to the eater. The big trees you see start as what? A little seed. You that have become this big, you were once very tiny. The seed principle is God's way of teaching us of securing a future that we cannot see today. Hello? Hello? So why do we sow seeds? Number one reason is to unlock an harvest. Did you hear that? Number two, because of our time, I'm going to stop with number two, is to make full proof of our stewardship. Did you hear that? Hello? Are we still together? And that is the most important reason. Do you know what stewardship means? Do you want me to tell you what stewardship means? I think we talked about it in life class for the last month. Stewardship means the ownership of this thing is in my name, but it is not really my own. I am only a caretaker. Hello? Hello? Did you hear that? Until the day your mouth agrees with your heart that all of what you have is given to you by the Lord. Do we sing that song? All I have is given to me. Do we know it? Yeah. I surrender all. We know it, right? All what? All what do you surrender? My hand. <laughs> all right. That's a nice way. Because, yeah, we usually lift our hands while we sing it. Give myself away. What are you giving away? No, seriously, what? Your life, your time, your money. My poor, I like everything apart from my money. I worked for it. But I love this part of the world where you are paid power. So when you use an hour to chat, you know how much you've spent or you've, or you've, <laughs> or you've not spent. When you pay, see, let me tell you something. One of the ways that you tell yourself that my life is yours is the day you and God enter into that covenant. There is nothing under the surface of the earth that I cannot give away. Did you hear that? That's the day your freedom begins. Until you get to that point, you don't own those things. Those things own you. Hello? Are we still together? There are a lot of poor, rich people in the world. You know why? They think they have money. They don't have money. Money has them. And how do you know when money has you? You can never give it away. A millionaire is not somebody who has a million dollars. Somebody who sleeps well at night after giving away a million. Did you hear that? How many millionaires are in the house today? How many billionaires are in the house today? Those of us who will sign checks in billions for kingdom work. We say, Pastor, we don't want anybody struggling with school fees in this church. In fact, we want to give, let their parents keep their IRS fees. We want to give scholarship. If you can recite Psalm 119, we sponsor you for four years of university. You will see parents say, come it, come it, come it. <laughs> Glory to God. How many kingdom investors do we have in the house here? How many kingdom investors do we have in the house here? 
So my money doesn't own me. I know how much I am paid per hour. By the time I bring an amount to the altar, I say, God, I've literally given you five hours of my life. I know you are worth more. Receive this and bless me so that the next time I'm able to give more. Do you hear that? That's how we give in the kingdom. When we bring our tithes and our 10%, you don't give, let me just say this, we don't give tithes to go to heaven. Hello? Hello? Someone said if you don't pay your tithes, you will go to hell. It is not scriptural. The very first person Jesus Christ took with him to heaven, did he go for Bible study? He was a criminal on the cross. Did he pay tithe? The man believed in Jesus. If you will believe in him, confess that he's your Lord and your Savior, accept his finished work on the cross, then you can receive your salvation by faith, through grace, not salvation by tithe, through seed. Let's not rewrite the Bible. Hello? Did you hear that? But we do, we still pay our tithes as stewards in gratitude. I read the story of a man of God, and that's my desire. I've told my wife, that's our target. Their tithe is 90%, and they keep 10%. That's reverse tithe. You know tithe literally means tenth. So, I, I am saying their tenth is 90%. It doesn't make logical sense, but you get the point. 90%. I told my wife, that's where we are going, you know. Some people are still struggling with 10%. Some people are debating it. Ah. God's plan is to do more. She heard the 90% conversation, so she's contributing. <laughs> Glory to God. Why don't you rise on your feet this morning? Have you been blessed? So your money must not own you. Your money must not own you. And you prove it by sowing seed. I know there are places where money has been abused. There are places where money has been misused. Places where there has not been accountability. But if God blesses you, plants you in a church, in a place where you see that the, 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 the money coming in is being used for kingdom purpose, sow there. Did you hear that? Sow your seeds there. And God will bless you mightily for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. I've barely scratched the surface of this sermon, but we are not going to rush it so that it is able to profit you and are able to, to, to run with it in Jesus' name. Say to yourself, this is the least I will ever be. This is the least I will ever be. Every pain, every pain, every lack, every poverty that I have experienced before now comes to an end. I enter into my season of abundance. I enter into my season of surplus. I enter into my wealthy place. Lines are falling into pleasant places for me. I tap into the resources of heaven. I receive more than enough. I promise to be a blessing to the work of God. I, bless, I promise to be a, a blessing to the servants of God. As far as I am alive... Nobody connected to me will ever know lack. As far as I am alive, my church will never know lack. As far as I am alive, my pastor will never know lack. As far as I am alive, no kingdom project will ever know lack. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Now, for some of you, 
let me just warn you very quickly. For some of you, you are going to need to hear the full story of this teaching so that when everyone releases the resources to you, you know what, how to, to deal with it. Hello? For some of you, the word you've heard this morning is already enough. And from tomorrow, abundance is coming to your house. When it comes, have an agreement with God on how it is going to be used. I'm not saying you shouldn't buy new clothes. Hello? Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. You will buy new clothes. You will dress well. You can change your perfumes. You've used EDT for so long. The Lord is taking you to EDP. Amen? Alright? So, um, that's not what we are saying. But there is a place of knowing that this is still not mine. God made it available and he made it available for a purpose. I am a steward. I will be faithful in little. See, every blessing God brings into your hand, appreciate him for it, but see it as the little he's talking about because more is coming. Did you hear that? More is coming. Glory to God. 